0: back Nation, welcome back to Scott Wood's One Man pack. Again, we have a very special guest as always. Over 1,100 points in his career, 600 rebounds. And I'm just going to go ahead and say it. He's the best golfer uh, that is a former athlete outside of playing the actual game of golf. So football, baseball, basketball, hockey, anything. He's the best golfer there is out there and I've, I've witnessed it and seen them play so i know it is welcome big ben mccauley
1: thanks scott appreciate the kind words thank you
0: <laughs> well before we move on let me tell you guys a little bit about our partners over at bet river sportsbook if you haven't signed up with bet rivers yet now's the time because they're offering 250 dollars match bonus for your first deposit but what sets them apart is that they require just one play through to turn your bonus into cash money With their new Rush Pay instant approval, withdrawing your winnings is safer, more secure, and more reliable. With the conference season tipping off, get into action by going to BetRivers.com today by downloading the BetRivers iOS app, must be 21 years or older, have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. So, Ben, just tell us, real quick, what are you up to now? What are you doing? Give everybody the update. Wolfpack Nation listening so they can kind of know what Ben McCauley's
1: up to uh i'm currently in between seasons right now i'm still playing professionally i finished up in puerto rico in october uh was home for the holidays which is nice uh it looks like i will be heading back down to puerto rico they want the players to come in early middle of march okay so in the meantime between time i am like you said playing some golf um Trying to uh stay in shape, working out multiple times a week with actually former Wolfpack guy Cedric Simmons. Okay. So just trying to, you know, maintain good shape, you know, because the older you get, the faster it goes away. <laughs> so uh just trying to do all the all the right things.
0: I hear you. So you grew up in the Pittsburgh area. So this is one of our connections because my mom's uh grew up in Pittsburgh in the McKeesport area. Um Growing up in Pittsburgh, I, I was lucky enough when I was younger to go to a a, a high school football game, mm. and it was it was dang near like going to an NC State game. It was just um, unbelievable atmosphere. Yeah. Talk about growing up in the Pittsburgh area and how basketball became your dominant sport.
1: It uh, yeah, growing up in Pittsburgh is great. It, it is definitely a blue collar town, football town, big football. Yeah history there, you know, some of the big names, Montana, Marino, um, you know, Namath, Unitas. It just, you know, (laughs) it goes deep with football. Uh, I never really got the itch to play football. You know, I was always the tallest in my grade. So basketball just seemed like the logical um, choice. And then I just fell in love with it. You know, it was uh, my dad was my first coach. First official, you know, collective group team was in third grade, and uh, he was my coach third, fourth, fifth grade, and uh, he played when he was younger, and his actually freshman year of college at Allegheny College, just north of Pittsburgh, he played basketball as well, so, um, you know, just fell in love with it, and um, I was lucky enough to have my dad kind of get me interested and then help me along the way.
0: Well, I, I got to imagine that the uh, the football coach, once he started to see your size, was probably trying to, to get you to come out for the team and play tight end or something. That's for sure. Yeah,
1: yeah. actually, funny story about that. My my senior year of college – or, sorry, senior year of high school, the team was trying to get me out to play. I had already signed to come down to NC State, and the team was trying to get me to play to be a kicker. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And I knew where that was going to lead. It was probably going to lead to me ultimately going out and playing some tight end or whatever. So my parents said to me, you got to call Herb. So I called Herb and, uh, and it took maybe five seconds for him to talk me out of it. <laughs> well, he, and- he basically said, what, what are you trying to get out of it? Is it worth it? And I was like, uh, no, you're right. So, uh, I didn't play <laughs> just
0: playing with your boys. That was the only thing that was that was worth it. Just playing exactly. with that. Yeah. Yeah. So. So when did you know growing up? I, I asked everybody that I have on this question because I feel like everybody kind of hits a point where they're like, you know what? I could be really good at this game. I can play at the next level and possibly at the next level after that. When did you realize was it in the, you know, the AAU circuit or was it during a high school game that where it kind of hit where it's like, you know what? I might be able to play basketball at a high level.
1: Yeah, I think it, it was definitely the AAU circuit. And back then it was relatively new, or at least I hadn't heard much about AAU back then. You know, that was, uh, gosh, 2001. 2000. I mean, like
0: it is now, that's for sure. Right,
1: exactly. So, you know, I figured I'm from a small town outside of Pittsburgh. I don't know how much exposure I'm going to have, mm-hmm. you know, just playing high school basketball, so – uh, gave it a go in AU and then realized that, you know, there is a huge world of basketball out there and yeah. uh, I was very intrigued by it. And I thought, I think this is what I, what I want to do. You know, it wasn't that I was dominating or anything. It was just the interest there was so great. And I realized how big the basketball world was. And I thought, yeah. you know, let's do this. So, so it was probably about- around, it was probably around summer going into uh, ninth grade I think right after right after my eighth grade year I think was my first AAU summer yeah. and, uh, and that was it so
0: kind of talk about the the recruiting so everybody experiences recruiting different some people get just annoyed and with it because it's just like okay everybody's just hyping you up some people absolutely love it they're like oh I love all these coaches I love the yeah. attention talk about that recruiting obviously and it ended up being NC State but talk about maybe some couple other options, you know, your experiences with that. Just talk about the whole recruiting phase.
1: I was excited about it. I uh, Like I said, small town, and all of a sudden I have these big-time, you know, D1 schools, coaches coming to these games and practices. Yeah. So, obviously, Pitt, and it started with Ben Howland. Uh, he was at Pitt still back then. And then he obviously moved to UCLA. And then Jamie Dixon got interested. (laughs) Ben Howland still had interest. He was out of UCLA. Uh, Bobby Huggins at the Mm -hmm. time. He was at Cincinnati. Huggy Bear. Yep. All Huggy Bear. Um, (laughs) Ohio State. uh, And Xavier. Okay. Um, And Ohio State was Thad Mata. And at first he was at Xavier. was recruiting me at Xavier. And then moved on to Ohio State. And then. Former uh, Pittsburgh guy Sean Miller was at Xavier, so had that connection there. And then, of course, NC State, Herb and uh, Pittsburgh guy Archie Miller at the time. Pittsburgh guy Larry Harris played at Pitt, you know, so uh, had some had some Pitt connections there, Pittsburgh connections there. So it was a pretty cool seeing them, you know, coming into this small gym that we had in our high school, York High School. It wasn't very big. And all of a sudden, you look over, and there's multiple D one, you know, head coaches there, and it it was, uh, you know, I took it all in, I, I, savored every moment of it, you know, I, I never at any point was annoyed by it or anything, yeah, I uh, took it all in stride and, and had fun with it.
0: So when did you know it was NC State?
1: Uh, probably after my junior junior year of high school. Okay. Uh, yeah, I had narrowed it down to Xavier, S- Xavier, Ohio State, NC State, and uh, Cincinnati was maybe an outlier, but um, it just, you know, it came down to, you know, one-on-one meetings with Herb and, uh, yeah. you know, and just the idea of uh, playing in ACC basketball, you know, that yeah. the history there in ACC basketball was, something that really intrigued me and um you know i i kind of wanted to move away from from my small town try something new you know just to you know in, enjoy trying uh to move away from home and uh sure enough it it worked out for me and yeah looked back since
0: yeah well you're one of the guys that uh, i've got i've got a small list of guys that um I wish I would have overlapped with, and you're one of them. I would have, I'd have loved playing with your style, set good screens where if I'm coming off the screen and they help, I just throw it right back to you. Very similar to what Richard Howe was for me. That, that'd have been a, a lot of fun. Ralston Turner's another one. Ralston redshirted my senior year. I would there, there, right. There's a few of them that I just, I felt like it had been a good mesh and you're, you're definitely one of those on the list that I'd have loved to link up with. So that's why I'll I tell you worked. what,
1: I, my i would have loved to have played with you because my assist would have been that much higher because i knew <laughs> whenever i was giving you the ball it was probably going in so that well, was we're,
0: we're gonna have to get you i know uh last year you had to go to puerto rico but we're gonna have to get you on the tbt team because you'd have been a, a a big help uh yeah i got a
1: call from from jordan collins about that and he was he was a little upset that i wasn't available
0: that's all right well we're, we're gonna have to make it work out so um uh, so we're going to kind of go down the time frame of your time at NC state. So you come in as a freshman, uh, Cam Benterman, Cedric Simmons, Ingen, alien, Tony Bethel, my guy, I haven't talked about Tony in a long time, uh, yeah. Gavin Grant. So you have a really good roster there with Herb as the head coach end up going to the, uh, NCAA tournament being know uh, I think you guys finished fourth in the ACC 10 seed, I think coming in, um, as well as a really strong freshman class, and and Courtney, you, um, and Brandon Costner. Yeah. So talk about that freshman year, your experience. Everybody has it different. You know, some people get a a ton of playing time. Some people get a little bit of playing time. But talk about that growth, especially from going from your high school year to now uh, playing at the collegiate level.
1: I learned the most I had learned all all four years of college in that one year. Uh, You know, it was – I had the guys to learn from, you know what I mean? Like you said, Ilion was there, Cedric, Andrew Brackman was even there, you know, there was talk that I was even maybe going to redshirt because of that, you know, strong, uh, those strong players ahead of me, but it it turns out I did not and got some playing time, not a lot, but I definitely, like I said, learned a lot from those guys. And not only them Herb. you know, he was, he was big into teaching skills and, uh, You know, I I feel like my development that year was the greatest out of any, out of my whole basketball career. You know, now that I'm 35, my whole, the whole time I've been playing basketball that freshman year, I definitely learned the most and got better. Yeah. uh, You know, just from taking it all in, you know, I knew, like I said, I wasn't going to be playing a lot because of the guys that were ahead of me. Mm -hmm. And, uh, so as long as i could accept that which i did right away uh i just said you know what i'm gonna just learn and and get better and you know going up against said in practice going up against brackman in practice i mean there you have no choice but to get better or else you're gonna get dominated so yeah Yeah.
0: so let's talk about so i did the same thing so after two years i had sydney uh and then they went to mark Godfrey. they had the coaching change that's right um Talk about that change, because I I tell everybody it's it's not easy because at the end of the day, like, listen, I've learned like I love NC State now. Like it's it's my spot. But it was also, you know, you you get a connection to a coach first and then the connection with the university comes. Talk about that transition, your thoughts. Like uh, I tell everybody I had a half of a foot out the door to uh, to Notre Dame and then. Uh, Monty Tao sat down and said, you're going to make the worst decision in your life. NC State's the place for you. So kind of talk about that transition, the things that went in your mind, because obviously it's a big shock. You go to the tournament. Now he's gone. Talk about that transition.
1: Yeah, it was tough. I'm not going to lie. It was tough. You know, it, it, it was strange, too, because Herb had made five NCAA tournaments in yeah. a row. So we all figured, you know, I certainly figured he's going to be my coach all four years, you know. Uh, so it was tough being a freshman you know committing yourself to that coach and like I said this whole time leading up until right now I talked about how Herb was pretty much a big factor in me coming down here so it was tough um and I was home when uh I was up home when they made the announcement of uh Sid coming in yeah and uh I think people thought that I was leaving because I wasn't there whenever he had his press conference of of uh uh being you know hired and i was just it just so happened that i was supposed to be home that that weekend it was in between sessions or whatever so you know i thought about i'm not gonna lie i thought about leaving Mm -hmm. Uh, i mean i I thought about following her about to arizona state or maybe going up to xavier you know because that was one of my top two selection top three selections but in the back of my mind i thought you know i made a commitment <laughs> before I made a commitment to the coaches, but I made a commitment to the school, and uh, I think I I owe it to them to you know see this thing through, graduate, and um, you know maybe I'm a little old school when it comes to that. Um, no, but I just thought you know it's a, the honorable thing is to to stick it out here, and and you know it wasn't like it was a, too hard of a tough decision. I I developed a lot of great friendships, you know. Yeah. Guys on the team I loved, you know. It'd be one thing if I, if I didn't enjoy my teammates, then it would have made it really easy to, to probably bounce. But, uh, you know, I just fell in love with with all things state. Yeah, and I
0: think that's uh, – so when I get any of my, my younger generation listening, that's the one thing that no, – don't always take the easy way out because yeah. I, I very easily could have done it my junior yeah. year. You could have done it going into your sophomore year. And, you know, things may have still worked out. But, you know, you go on to have a great career. I go on to have a great career. Yeah. Um, obviously, you, you wish some things could still kind of change. But, you know, it all worked out. You live here now. I live here now. Yeah, it's exactly. just one of those things that, you know, you fall in love with the city, the university. Yep. And I tell everybody.
1: Exactly. My wife went to NC State. So, you know, we're, we're a state state family. And, and
0: I, I, I tell everybody. I'm like – you know, I, I look back on it. And I'm like, yeah, maybe I could have had a little bit, you know, better career, possibly, you know, somewhere else. And you know, but at the end of the day, dude, there's there's no place like NC State, and I wouldn't right. I wouldn't have changed it, all my decisions for for anything. So Sydney maybe comes it in. Could have, it
1: could have been it could have been a better decision going somewhere else, but it also could have gotten a lot worse. So, exactly.
0: Yeah. And I've yeah. I've, I've no, the grass isn't always greener over there. Right. I, have no, I have no idea. So Sydney comes in your sophomore year. You average 14 and a half and seven rebounds yeah where did this come from and then the following year it goes down to six and four I get JJ comes in yeah. and Tracy Smith comes in a little bit but talk about that growth and then on top of it coming into your junior year
1: well like I said freshman year I probably developed the most skills and maturity just under Herb for that one year so Coming into that sophomore year, even though Herb wasn't there, I had all the confidence in the world that I could play at this, you know, this high level because I worked my butt off for a whole year. I went against Cedric Simmons. I went against Bracken. I went against Ileon. So I thought, you know, I'm ready, you know, and let's, you know, don't look back. Don't don't look over your shoulder. And luckily I will say, I mean, and everybody I think who's a State fan knows this, we only had about six, seven uh, scholarship players that year. Yeah. So we were going to play no matter what. So, you know, I, I pro- probably averaged maybe 30 to 34 minutes that year. Um, so that helped knowing that, you know, nobody was going to come in and take me out if I missed a couple yeah. shots, you know, so it, it, it definitely gave me even more confidence knowing that, you know, if I don't score, we're not going to really have a chance. So, you know, that helped having good teammates helped having Ingan there, even though he was hurt a lot of that year uh, that helped Uh, Brandon and I developed a great teammate friendship bond. Uh, I felt like at any point in the game, I knew where Brandon was on the court and, uh, and he's another one that if you pass it to him, you were probably going to get an assist because he was jacking it up. Yeah. (laughs) So, you know, that year was great. And then, you know, going into junior year, it just, I don't know what happened. You know, obviously, we lost Ingan. Ingan was a huge part. You know, he was a dominant point guard. He he kept the team intact. And then we lose him, and it's like, what point guards do we have now? So that was tough, obviously. And then you bring in two strong players in J.J. and Tracy that play my position. Minutes got divided up. Um, chemistry wasn't quite there. Yeah. Uh, and it just – it was just a – it's unfortunate because coming off of that ACC championship game that we were in sophomore year, yeah. you would have thought that we had all the momentum in the world, and, and we all did. And, you know, we got these great recruits coming in, and then it was just like – we just never gelled. And yeah. uh, and it was very, very unfortunate because that year had a big chance for us to do something great.
0: Well, I, I, tell, I tell all my NC State fans, I'm like, you know, sometimes – those three-star blue-collar recruits—they—they they mean something. And sometimes yeah. you get—you get guys in here and they—they they <clears> just don't mesh, you know. Just because somebody's labeled a five-star or a big recruit right. doesn't mean they're gonna mesh. You got to find the right five-star with the right, you know, fit
1: right. to
0: get them. Because I feel like sometimes these coaches they just say, "Oh, if I get a five-star recruit, you know, the fans are gonna love me." No, it's right. not just any five-star recruit. You gotta get the right five-star recruit. Uh, which goes a big way. So then we get to your senior year. Uh, Sydney's still there. My boy Julius Mays, my high school teammate, ends up coming in. Right. 12 and a half, eight rebounds. Back to where, you know, it probably should have been. Right. Uh, playing, playing well. Talk about
1: that senior year a little bit. Yeah, that was, <coughs> you know, the. I think we had a year under our belt with trying to gel with those new players. Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, Brandon and I kind of got back on track. The two of us, you know, got back to what we were doing sophomore year. And, uh, you know, the point guards had another year to develop. Javi Gonzalez, Arnold again, they had another year to develop. Mm -hmm. So that helped, uh, a lot in just kind of getting us in the flow of things. And then ultimately, you know, I was a senior. I figured at this point, there's no next year. I've got to do everything I can to help this team win and I'm going to play every game like it's my last because, Mm -hmm. you know, there's no more, there's no next year. And and once you're done in college basketball, it's, you know, there's nothing like playing college basketball, you know, sure it's great being a professional getting paid, but you know, when you're, when you're going to that RBC or PNC center or RBC at the time, you're jazzed up every night, you know, you're playing for school and there's nothing like it. So I think that was a lot of, getting back on track that senior year was just saying, Hey, this is it for me. You know, there's no turning back. There's no tomorrow. Let's just go and do everything you can. So.
0: Yeah. No. And then now what is, is this your 13th year professional or 12th?
1: Third Uh, graduated in 09. So what's that? 13th now?
0: 13 years. Jeez. 13 years. See uh, more props to you. 13 years. Playing professional basketball, okay? France, Poland, Ukraine, Spain, Turkey, Israel, Puerto Rico. Am I missing one?
1: Belgium, too.
0: Belgium. Yeah. So you've been all over. I had Julius Hodge on the other day. I think Julius Hodge may be everybody. He's. I think he's played in every country possible. Yeah. Um, so let's kind of talk about this. We we overlapped in Spain. I see your. I think that's your Zaragoza jersey um, Yeah, Zaragoza. left right Yeah. Uh, So we overlapped in, in, in Spain. So we had that connection when I was in Spain, you're in Spain. Just talk about the, the grind of it. Cause you know, it's, it's not always the prettiest over there. Obviously, you know, we're getting paid, but it is, it is different. It's not, this is, it's not the NBA. I mean, we're not going to lie, you know, Uh, but we do get paid. We do get, you know, taken care of, talk about that grind and the sacrifices that you kind of have to make as a, you know, overseas basketball player.
1: Yeah, it is a grind. That's just, that's the perfect word for it. And uh, it has its perks, obviously, but you have to be willing to leave your comfort zone. I mean, you have to be willing to leave your, your you know, if your family doesn't come with you, leave your family for nine, 10 months. You know, you're speaking different languages, you know, you're eating different foods. You have to, you have to take it all in. And some guys they'll do it one year and they just can't do it. They'll go try the D league and then kind of fizzle out so you know it's it's tough but if you do take it for what it's worth going to a new country seeing a new part of the world playing the sport you love getting paid to do it it's great you know it's that's why I've been doing it for 13 (laughs) years you know it's uh, like I said from the beginning I'm from a small town outside of Pittsburgh never thought I'd really leave the Pittsburgh area went to NC State Raleigh North Carolina that was new for me didn't think i'd ever really leave the country sure i've <laughs> been all over europe and now even down to puerto rico yeah so you know you you just have to you only live once you have to enjoy it you know just try it and if you don't yep. like it you don't like it but some guys don't even really give it a shot and uh and, at, and the bottom line is you're you're doing something you love you love yep. you know? I wouldn't really say that I work, you know, I, I, I play ball and I'm playing the sport that I love. Not many people get to do what they love to do. Exactly. And it, I've been able to do it for 13 years. So
0: I tell everybody, I'm not really a nine to five guy to be in a super right. tie. So I'm going to I'm going to take advantage of the time that I had to play, you know, professional basketballs Because it's I mean, heck, it's the only thing just just think it's the only thing you've ever known for your whole life. Mm-hmm. It's, it's basketball. Like just think tomorrow, they tell you, you know, you're going to sit at a desk. It's just, you're not ready for that. And you don't ever I want to would let go with it go. That. I would have <laughs> with that. So talk about this bubble. I keep, every time I bring up Ben McCauley, when I'm on a golf course, cause Ben's name always gets brought up cause he's one of the best golfers around. <laughs> Whenever, whenever I say Ben McCullough, everybody talks about this bubble in Puerto Rico that you have. like that. Yeah. So, so a lot of people ended up getting a bubble, but it wasn't this type of bubble. So kind of talk
1: about <laughs> the, the beautiful bubble of Puerto Rico. The beautiful bubble of Puerto Rico. So, yeah, we all know things shut down back in March of 2020. I was in midseason, Puerto Rico, and they shut it down. So I had to come home. March turns in April to May to June to July to August. Finally, we head back down first week of October. We go back to everybody, goes back to their own city that they were, you know, playing in for a little mini training camp, a couple weeks. And then we go to the bubble. And the bubble was the Wyndham Golf Resort <laughs> right on the coast and uh, 80 degree weather, November and December of 2020. Uh, you're playing you know a couple times a week practice is very limited yeah <laughs> and every day you wake up you get three meals paid for uh you know three meals given to you whatever uh it was uh like a vac- a paid vacation it, <laughs> it, it was it was a paid vacation with a little bit of basketball on the side
0: well if uh if any of my overseas peoples ever listen, and they get the, the the that have been playing overseas for a while, and the, and the Puerto Rico bubble comes back, they need to they need to get a hold of their agent ASAP. Yeah. that's going to be a hot commodity right there.
1: Yeah, I mean it was we were it was interesting though because we played in the big conference center. The resort doesn't really have a gym or arena in it, so they convert the big conference center. They bring in a you know a portable gym. They put it in there. And uh, they just put a couple chairs on the side. There's no fans, obviously, and uh, it was kind of just a makeshift court in the middle of a conference center. And the locker rooms were just behind these uh, curtains, and uh, you just kind of. a lot of guys, a lot of guys, just got ready in the in their you know, hotel rooms because you would just, you would walk to the conference center through the hotel. Yeah. So, you know, and then after the game, we'd go sit out on the beach. So, so did you take your sticks? I did. I always take my sticks down to Puerto Rico.
0: Okay. So were you able to play in between some games and some practices?
1: Unfortunately in the bubble, we were not allowed to, they were really kind of keeping us secluded because they were other people at that resort. Okay. Uh, they split the resort kind of in two. So I wasn't able to play there, but I was in Puerto Rico this past summer playing and I take my sticks and I, I play whenever I have some free time.
0: Well, that, that sounds like a good good time. So let's kind of transition into this NC State team. Um, I know we were both at the Nebraska game that went into four overtimes, times. And I know you've been to a couple games. games. Uh, just briefly, kind of talk about the things that you, you like from this young NC State team and some things that, you know, you've been watching and you're like, they got to kind of correct it, especially getting into the, the, the meat of the ACC schedule, I guess, uh, to, to really be
1: successful. Yeah. Uh, They've got a lot of, you know, potential, a lot of players that once they develop, they're going to be great. And I think they have had to put a lot of the younger guys in because of, you know, injuries and, you know, with Manny being out, that i think really hurt and and you have to put these younger guys in but i was at the duke game on saturday wait you were at the duke game yeah i was at the duke game
0: well you should have told i was at the duke
1: game oh were you really yeah were you uh were you behind the bench no i was in the middle of nowhere buddy i was i was was in the i was behind the uh the hoop on duke's side so in the second level there
0: okay all right i got you well, here's my 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 funny story. So, it's the first time I've spectated a game in Cameron. I've I've, yeah. I've only I've only played, so I've never spectated. Yeah. Um, but I'm sitting there, and I just got caught on. You know the doors at the top of Cameron. Yeah. This whole time as a player, I thought they were functional, like operational doors. I thought like they actually like I thought people came in there, uh-huh. and I finally realized that they're just for show. Yeah. And I don't know what I don't know what made me think of that, but as a fan, I started to like pick up on some stuff. But, but but as a player, this whole time, I thought people actually came in it. And I told my wife that, and she just told me I was an idiot. But I I, just, I don't know why my my little Cameron story is. I found out that it you know it's all for show. But um, <laughs> the you learn as you get older, huh? I know it's the same thing. I uh, uh, I went to the Duke game when it was at PNC first game I after eight years it was the first game i'd ever been back to the washington nc state basketball game and it was the first time that i've actually like walked around the mezzanine i've never yeah. i i still to this day like i'll go I, i'm going to the, the virginia tech game tonight and i'm gonna walk around and it's just like i have no idea where i'm going like if you put me down at the bottom where the locker room right. is I'm, i know exactly where to go I'm, i feel right. at home but as soon as i'm up there i'm like i don't know where to go i'm yeah. just lost but talk about that duke game a little bit we both uh we both kind of watched that kind of Kind of go through that and then we'll kind of spitball off
1: each other on that. You gotta give them credit. They never really they never gave up. We never gave up. Um you know, Duke went on their runs as they always do. Yeah. Just kind of kept battling. And uh you you gotta give them credit for that. They they fight, they know it's gonna be a difficult year just with, with injuries and just how how everything is. Um but they're but they're fighting. And I will say some of the things. I wish that they could work on more is some toughness down low. Uh, My wife even said to me during that Duke game, she said, I don't think I've seen this many dunks in a game. (laughs) So, you know, and me being a, you know, a big man inside who likes to, you know, be physical, that kind of bothers me a little bit, how we kind of get tossed around a little bit. And maybe it is because they're young and they need to, you know, get a little bit stronger. Um, And another thing is just our – our shot selection sometimes. Yeah. It just seems like we have a lot of one and dones, you know, coming down, get one shot up. And then if it goes in great, if we're shooting great, great percentages, wonderful, yeah. but not, then it gets really out of hand. So, uh, but I think a lot of that is maturity, you know, as they get older, they'll, they'll learn from that. And, uh, and, and I think we've got it, we've got a, a good future, uh, I think, because with, with, with Roy with Coach Williams gone and you know, Coach K leaving after this year, I, I gotta I gotta imagine the ACC is gonna be wide open. So uh, yeah. hopefully we can, uh, you know, stay positive and you know hopefully Coach Keats can get this thing going.
0: Yeah, well, uh, it's kind of very similar what you said. I mean, they had great effort in that game. They, I mean they they play hard the whole time. There's a little bit too many laps on defense. And I think kind of what you said, they would take a bad shot on one end and nobody'd be back. They'd get an easy dunk on the other end, or they'd get an easy transition three, just kind of cleaning up those lapses. And then they got to get some consistency, I think, uh, around Terquavion, who who offensively is just as talented as, as a lot of people yeah. that have been there. And then uh, Darion, I mean, has been great every game. They just got to get some consistency, whether it's Jericho Helms. You yeah, know, um, they just got to get another consistent guy right there because I feel like they're just kind of carrying it and doing all they can.
1: Yeah, and and obviously, like I said, I'm a big man, so I'm gonna be more critical on that. We got to get some easy buckets inside. Yeah, you know, I, I feel like our big men are posting up. We're <laughs> not even looking to give it to them, and you know, if we're living a dime by jump shots and you know, Sebron taking contested layups which he has to do yeah. it's gonna be a tough rest of this year you know we got to get those you know you know post if Jer- if jericho has a has a mismatch post him up you know what i mean yeah. get, maybe get a or if even if sebron has a mismatch post him up yeah you know gotta get some easy baskets inside at least to I respect know. it
0: you know because at least yeah. like now you run a lot of pick and roll action i don't know if i've seen a a roll finish this year you know so as opposing coaches, you know what I'm gonna start doing is I'm just gonna trap Seabron and Terquavion Smith and take the ball out of their hands because I know that the role guy is, you know, not a factor. So um yep. yeah, that's something they definitely got to get better at. But uh, so the next topic, nothing NC State related. This is just a me and you thing. The Pittsburgh Steelers, hmm. two of the biggest uh you know, Pittsburgh Steelers, guys, that there may be. Uh, had my Ben Roethlisberger jersey on the whole game. My whole family was in it. Um, well, let's, just, let's just ask the, the blurring question. Who will be the quarterback for the Pittsburgh Steelers next year? Oh,
1: man. Uh, NC State's own Russell Wilson.
0: I love it. I love it. I love it. See, I feel like I'm in a dream world where we're going to get an Aaron Rodgers or, uh, you know, a Russell Wilson. But, you know, I look at it and we're just going to get stuck with an Andy Dalton or uh...
1: (laughs) everyone. Everyone's allowed to dream. man. Everyone's allowed to dream.
0: Well, listen, if that happens, I just I just I think you need semi mobile. It doesn't have to be crazy mobile, but a little mobile just because the offensive line isn't that good. So he's got to be able to move and throw on the move a little bit. Yeah. But with how the defense is, How the – we got great young wide receivers, a great tight end. Najee's phenomenal.
1: Najee's – I mean, Najee is great. Even with that tough offensive line, like you said, Najee's great, man. And how about T. Watt? Holy smokes. Unbelievable. Unbelievable.
0: But And that's the thing that scares me. They got such a good team, but they got to have something in place. Because I I said it – I was watching the Kansas City game, and I said, heck, you give me a middle-tier quarterback with a little bit of mobility – the Steelers legitimately, legitimately are a Super Bowl contender. And if you give them a Russell Wilson or someone like that, I, to me, I don't see anybody beating them on a no. consistent
1: basis at all. Uh, I mean, yeah, that we were leading that game. Defense was playing great. If we just get a couple more first downs, keep the ball out of Mahomes' hands, we're leading yeah. at halftime. We might be leading at halftime.
0: Well, and but I then, said it – I think it was the- – yeah, I think it was five minutes to go. And it was just – had turned 7-7. Seven, seven. And I was like, if they can find a way to just keep the ball in their hands and just get a field goal and give him no time,
1: yep.
0: all of a sudden it's 21-7 at halftime because yeah. he gets two possessions out of it.
1: Uh, we had a third – like a third and two or something. And we – Deontay Johnson dropped the ball. or
0: Yeah. Or yeah, all
1: Deontay.
0: Well, I, I've been in Deontay's corner for the whole – yeah. the whole season but he he in the last couple of games he rubbed me the wrong way but hopefully yeah. he can figure it out. So, let's go ahead the starting five brought to you by Re5. Yeah, I do this every guess I have, it's just questions, normally the same questions, so I like to get everybody's opinion on this. So, as we all know, the real estate market is crazy right now or maybe you just have a question. Or maybe you just need an honest opinion from a trusted real estate professional to ensure your best interest is protected. Whether you're buying, selling, or investing, investing, call Reef Ivy with Dogwood Properties. For a seamless home buying or selling experience, give Reef a call. His personal cell number is 919 995 3111. Again, that's 919 995 3111. State graduate, a good friend of mine, he's one of the best in the triangle. So any questions you have with your real estate needs, please give him a call. So first question, you can have dinner with any two people, alive or dead. Who would you pick? And I've got, I've got everything. I've gotten family members, politicians, okay. athletes. I've gotten it all. So wh- whatever you want.
1: Uh, probably, I would say Arnold Palmer. Oh, that's a good one. That's the first golfer I've got. Yeah, Arnold Palmer. And probably my – it's got to be a relative. Probably my grandfather on my mother's side.
0: That's two great ones. That's going to yeah. be a great conversations. Maybe yeah. you guys can get a, a a good tea time afterwards and go play yeah. Bay Hill or somewhere, you know. Yeah. Um, but you got to take them to dinner now. But it's got to be a place on – or near campus i'm giving you the hillsboro western kind of avon ferry area your okay. go-to spot to take them
1: to eat uh probably oh this might make coach coach towel happy probably Mitch's. okay
0: that's i've had mitches a couple, of times. Yep. I've Mitch's a couple of times i've had mitches a couple times i've had a Medios a lot uh, you know sammy's there, there's a lot of good ones but that, yeah. that that's that's a good one so we got we got you a place to eat now so you gotta you're gonna have a good time right there so the best advice you've ever received and by who
1: probably my my dad
0: okay and
1: he gave me a phrase one time that says it goes uh, anything easily obtained is never worthwhile and anything worthwhile is never easily obtained. That's a good one. That's, so a that's, good my, one. Dad, that's my dad. Uh, wise, wise man. So here he, you go. Uh, he, uh, that, that's he, that, that, probably, uh, maybe in middle middle school or something like that.
0: Well, that's a, that's a good one to remember. So a dream golf course. So you're, if you could go play golf at one spot right now, where would it be uh, oh man that's a good one well have you played oakmont i think i've asked you this uh no i haven't played oakmont well we need to get an oakmont connection because i want to be listen if you get that tea time you need to give me a call I'm, i've yeah. been working on that forever oakmont is my dream place
1: oakmont would be a good one uh probably saint andrews okay okay that's a good one. We'll go across yeah. the
0: pond, play some golf there. I'll be down for that place, too. I won't yeah. turn down that. Yeah, I was about to say, you,
1: you won't turn down that. <laughs>
0: so, greatest memory in an NC State
1: uniform? Oh, there's there's a few to pick from here. Um, for me, I'll give you two. For me personally, just as a personal one, is probably my tip-in dunk against Wake as time expired my junior year okay um there weren't too many that season but that was a (laughs) personal favorite of mine and then probably as a team as a whole was going to that acc championship game sophomore year
0: yeah well especially with with everything y'all went through with how little scholarships the injuries that's yeah we were uh,
1: Six, I think, six scholarship players, and then Brian Neiman was our was our walk on, and he was playing, con, you know, considerable minutes that year. We beat Duke first round, beat uh, Virginia Tech second round, UVA, and then lost to UNC. So,
0: well, that's uh, that's great. But now. Uh... That's, that's about it for me, man. I appreciate you coming on. I know you got a tea time in a few minutes, so we'll, we'll definitely get you off to that in uh, time so you can get to the range and start working on some things. Yeah,
1: this is the last, last day in the 50s for the foreseeable future, so I had to, I had to go hit them, you know.
0: I, I, I don't disagree with that, man. So, yeah. everybody, please subscribe, like on Spotify, iTunes, YouTube. Uh, again, thanks to the Field of 68 and everybody that kind of puts this together for us. Virginia Tech game tonight. Uh, I will be at that game to watch. Hopefully, we can get a win. And then we have Virginia on Saturday, so a battle of the Virginia teams coming up. Again, Ben, appreciate you coming on. Uh, I'm sure we'll have you on in the in the future. Uh, I hope you play play a good round of golf today.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me, Scott. This was this was fun. I'm glad it worked out. No, thank you, man. Go pack, and I'll, uh, I'll see you guys later. All right, see you, bud.